Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. I have a very minor ethical dilemma that I think that we would enjoy dissecting. So, in my apartment complex, they have like a trash courier service where we can put two bags outside of our door and they'll come by on the weekdays and pick them up. Sometimes I'll get home from work at like 11 p.m., midnight, 1 o'clock, stuff like that. And I'll see that like one of my roommates has already put two bags by the door, which is fine, obviously. Is it unethical or frowned upon or trashy to take my bags and put them by somebody else's door who does not have two bags by them? Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I learned recently that some people lock, the reason a lot of stores and stuff lock their dumpsters is not so people don't go through the trash, it's so that people don't add to their trash. Now, I don't know why that's a problem. Do you like, your people rent dumpsters, right? They don't like, Yes. you don't get charged per the weight, like how much you take, like how much is getting dumped. So So I know the way that it works at my place of business is we have a compactor and um, when our compactor gets full, it gets signaled and an email automatically generates and is sent to the disposal company that it needs to be emptied. And I imagine that the service of emptying the compactor is not free. Got you. Well, but I, here's the thing. This mm-hmm. trash courier thing that I'm talking about is included in our rent. So like those guys are going to come by and pick up trash whether or not. They have two bags in front of their door or not. So if I'm coming home at one in the morning and they're picking up trash at eight, then like there, it's like a 50, 50 chance that I, I would be surprised if like somebody was like, uh, time to get up for my 8am. Oh, forgot to take my trash out. Time to yeah. put it in front of the door before I leave. Like I'm thinking what I'm not afraid of, like causing them financial ruin. Right. Like, I'm not adding any money stress. I'm just worried that people are going to start noticing. And if anybody catches me doing that, there's no way to explain my way out of that. Well, I also thought about so today. I mean, we're, we're setting up a home gym in my house, which means I have so many more boxes than I need. But I ran out of space in my recycling. Both my neighbors have the space. Am I allowed to just put my recycling in their recycling? Now, the reason I didn't do that is because it's way too public of an action. Even oh, if I'm absolutely. Cool, it's like multiple houses can see me do that. And it looks sketchy. Even It I really mean, does. I'm it looks cool like you're trying neighbors, to get but it looks it looks like I'm planting evidence. Yeah, it looks like you're trying to get rid of something you shouldn't have had in the first place. Yeah. So even though it's just literally cardboard boxes and my the thing is my recycling was so full that I couldn't close it. So I could probably go on over and be like, hey, can I put my stuff in your recycling? Or here's what I actually did. I'm like, I guess I'm holding on to this for another week. Yep. Yeah. So I don't have the answer for you. You and I did did the exact same thing. Is your recycling weekly or bi-weekly? Weekly. If it was bi-weekly, I would have asked the neighbors at that point. (laughs) Yeah. I would. Yeah. And I'm cool with them. Like their grandkids came over and I'm, dude, I'm so, I'm such a cool neighbor. I'm blew all of our neat leaves into a pile and just left it there. I'm going to leave it there for like a couple of weeks and keep adding to it. And I'm like, Hey, neighborhood kids, you can come play in my backyard and play with my leaves. If you want. That and is people, cool. Dude. Kid came and took me up on it. Came over with his grandpa, started playing with the big, huge pile of leaves. I have in my backyard. And I'm like, cool neighbor. That's what's And up. you know what? 
kids remember that kind of stuff. So that way, like, I know it's a long time until then because we just passed it. Next Halloween comes around, everyone's stopping at your house. That yeah, That's street cred. That is that is neighborhood parental street cred that you have right there. As having soon as I did it, I'm like, oh, this was a great idea. Having a good reputation with, like, the 6 to 10-year-olds in a neighborhood, I imagine it makes you feel like your own kind of, like, king of the cul-de-sac where it's like oh everyone loves me well definitely i'm like i'm definitely the coolest guy here i'm also like one of the youngest we're easily one of the youngest families most of, i would say 50 percent of my neighborhood is like 60 and older that being said i am a little worried that like i didn't clear out all the sticks some kids gonna like jump in and get impaled <laughs> and then i'm gonna get sued like just li- i need to get liability insurance if i'm gonna run this freaking playground in my backyard you're standing on the front porch, like sipping a cup of coffee, watching a kid get a stick through the gut. And then as they come crawling out of the pile, you're just like, and that kid is a life lesson on not trusting strangers. Anyway, like, have a nice this day. This is why we signed waivers. <laughs> this is why we signed waivers. I'll call 911, but I'm not getting sued. <laughs> hey, everyone just remember he came in here on his own free will. He did this. <laughs> On his own. Bam. Anyway, let's uh, let's uh, jump and skip on over to our movie. This week, we are watching Eighth Grade, written and directed by Bo Burnham, starring an up-and-coming LZ Fisher. Came out in like 2018, I think. If yep. you don't want to hear us talk about this movie in any way, shape, or form, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 23 minutes, 10 seconds. So this movie is about an eighth grader. End of sentence. It's it's just it's about an eighth grader. That's that's the movie. Um, yep. So it is about a girl named Kayla, and she is in her final week of eighth grade, and she is um struggling socially. I think is the best way to put it. And so this movie kind of documents this last week of eighth grade and highlights. Um, standard awkwardness, standard um, confusion, um, being taken advantage of by older people, stuff like that. So it's a real amount. They really shove as much as they can of the eighth grade experience into like a 90 minute movie that takes the place over the course of a week. Yeah, dude, it's and it's just it just captures the vibes. Like, there is, I mean, I guess there's arc, there is an arc and a character, but, like, it's just to make you feel like you're in eighth grade again. Alex talked uh, about this movie when um, we were having our pre-record conversation, and, you know, Alex brought up Boyhood, and, like, that is a very apt comparison in terms of, like, tone. Neither of those movies go for anything extreme. I don't think that these is like the purpose of this movie is to change your life. It's about like capturing a specific moment in time. And as far as that goes, the movie accomplishes that very well. Yeah. Um, and it also helps that all the actors are actually like eighth graders. So, and boyhood did that very well as well. It's like the actors should be the age they're trying to portray. So you don't have to do all this mental gymnastics of like, well, I can't relate with that when I was in eighth grade because these are high schoolers. So, I mean, that was a good choice in Bo Burnham. Oh, dude, what did you think of Bo? Is this Bo Burnham's directorial debut? I'm pretty sure, yes. 
fire, dude. As far as the first one, yeah, pretty freaking absolutely. good. Yeah. Um, and they are very transparent about the behind the scenes aspects of this movie. Um, like you can watch a bunch of like, um, talk show videos and, uh, just general interviews about, um, what it was like to make this movie. And it was a very collaborative process. Elsie Fisher was incredibly involved in like fine tuning the script to make it sound like it wasn't written by a 28 year old man. Um, and you, th- I mean, the thing is, as I bet you is pretty close because we're used to scripts being written by 50 year old men. Sure. Yeah. So I'm sure it was just like, hey, we got to tweak it. We can't be talking about Facebook. We need to be doing Instagram and Snapchat. Um, hey, silly bands aren't really a thing anymore. These video games aren't a thing anymore. We need to be talking about this instead. Um, the catchphrase you have doesn't really make sense. I'm going to be saying Gucci instead. I'm like, yeah, tweaks, but it makes it so much more realistic. Yes. Um, and so that is kind of where I want to place the tone before I go into what I'm about to say next, (laughs) which is, I don't think this movie offers very much outside of representation of a time period. So Uh, time period, like a time of a person's life Yes, or 2018, a time in a person's life. Okay, that's um, what I felt pretty. I, I when I was reflecting on this movie, I'm like, what did we learn from this movie? What did what are the acts like? What are we going through? Um, it's really just capturing the life of an eighth grader. And there are scenes from this movie that I really like, but the problem with I'm not going to say the problem. A consequence of capturing the life of an eighth grader is it is so 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 accurately cringy yeah i had to take a few laps when watching <laughs> this movie especially at the end who zooey mama um dude that's how i felt at the birthday party yeah i'm like oh freaking yikes dude and again i know this is accurate but like the way that she talks to her dad was not very fun and like let's be clear the dad in this movie spineless incapable of standing up for himself in I, moments well, that he definitely should have. I think it's a uh, it's a realistic spineless. Like there yes. are dads that are like this. It just makes you not like him at times. At times you're like this could be so much easier than you're making it. Like right off the bat, I think this is where we get introduced to her dad. They are at the dinner table. She's yeah. watching videos on her phone. She has her headphones in. And the dad is, like, trying to have a conversation with her. And every time that she's done talking, she puts her headphones back in. So he has to get her attention again. And he has to do this, I'm not exaggerating, five or six times. And, like, maybe it's just because I'm an adult now and it's hard for me to think back of when I was 12 years old. But... I feel like you, you kind of read the room to a point where it's like, okay, my parents clearly aren't done talking to me. It'll be over faster if I participate. I think um, she's also trying to prove a point. Like, I don't want to talk to you. That's why I'm sure. putting headphones in. Not, yes. I'm not trying to be reasonable. I'm trying to tell you something by not telling you something. Yeah. And so because of the dad's like lack of ability to communicate what he wants it makes it a lot more difficult to respect him as a father. And and that's kind of the whole point of his character. Like you, he you doesn't know how to deal man, with the situation. He's just lost. You, yeah. You view this man through an eighth graders eyes and 
you know, to an eighth grader, especially an eighth grade girl, like your dad doesn't get you. Your dad doesn't know how to talk to you. So you, so it's easiest to just not try. Um, but you know, with a little bit of an older perspective, it's easier to see like he is trying. He just, like you said, he's lost. He has no idea. Yeah. It was rough, dude. Here's the thing. This movie's not rough as in it's bad. So it's hard to watch. It's just, there are parts where I'm like, this is either cringe or uncomfortable or you just don't like how characters are acting and that's what makes it hard to watch sometimes i think other times for me i mean this movie's not i don't say this movie's not for me because i guess we are the demo that this is for because we remember what it was like and like i could relate to parts of this i just the not the over i go back and forth on lifestyle movies when the movie is just when the movie's just life the movie it gets a little I sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I think one of the issues with this, or maybe it's a good thing. I don't. I don't know. I'm just gonna say something, and then we'll decide what we think. Um, they really do jam pack a lot of events in a week. These are all things that could happen, but probably happened over the course of months, or maybe the whole school year, and not just the last week. Yeah, and but it's a movie, you know. Yes, of course. Um, the the thing that I kept thinking as I was watching this movie is, and there's no way to say this without coming across like, this is what maybe top 10 snobby things that I say when reviewing a movie for some people, it is simply enough to see yourself on screen. And I think that's where a lot of people's praise for this movie comes from where they see a movie that is 90 minutes of things that have happened to them. And that is enough to make it a good movie. And not for Craig and myself. And I just come from, maybe it's my lack of self image because, or in lack of self confidence. But like whenever I see a character that is very clearly like my archetype, not something that I'm into, but like the archetype of Craig Wells like yeah. I usually find that character really cringe or I find that like pandering or something like that. Just like whenever I see a character that is similar to me, it feels like whoever wrote that character just chose the lowest common denominator and yeah. like ran with a bunch of buzzwords. Um, and that might necessarily be true. It's just, that's how I view characters that are similar to me. But for people that, don't feel that way when they see a character that they relate to that's all it takes and this this movie is nothing short of relatable characters i found excuse me i found characters that i related to in this movie so i think that the catharsis that some people get from being like I wasn't the only person that went through this situation. I feel vindicated seeing my own experience on screen. I did not have that same kind of reaction. Yeah, I didn't relate with Kayla as a character too much um, because I had a totally different eighth grade experience than she did. I recognize that my friends had very similar experiences and all that. But at the end of the movie, I was still like, okay, there was a small arc at the end, um, but it is not enough for me for something to be realistic. I like it when there's when realistic is the genre we're playing in and there's a whole movie going on, if that makes sense. Yes. Like make 
it being realistic a device in storytelling don't make it the story um yeah so even if some much like you if something's super relatable to me at the end of the movie i'm like did i just watch an alex documentary or was i supposed to be entertained and i don't know if this movie is that entertaining is what do you think the split is between movie and film on this thing because i think it's a little rougher yeah i would say maybe I would say maybe 70-30 um, leaning film. Yeah, I think that's the barrier where that's, I think this is as filmy as it gets without people realizing they're watching a film. Yes. I think as soon as you get over 70, people are like, oh, this movie's a film and it's too artsy for me. This is Correct. about as close as you can get where people might think they're still watching a movie. Um, but like, yeah, it just didn't, didn't scratch the itch for me. That being said, there were parts where I'm like, that's relatable. That's cool. I laughed at parts because I'm like, I, I remember what that was like, but I felt like I was doing all the work in entertainment. It was all in my head. I was entertaining myself by my own stories, by my own memories and making it be relatable. I don't know if the movie, all the movie was doing was like being the catalyst for my own entertainment. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now that being said, um, there is a scene from this movie that like genuinely bumped up its rating. Like one single scene bumped up the rating of this movie by like a in, in not insignificant number. Um, and it's the scene where she get so during their graduation, they all get their sixth grade time capsules and she decides I'm going to burn my time capsule. I want to let go of that person. I was in the sixth grade. Um, and so her and her dad light a small fire in the backyard, burn the box. And the dad goes on this really long monologue of like wh where Kayla says, I'm sorry that I'm so difficult. I'm sorry that I'm the daughter that you got stuck with. And he goes on this incredibly heartfelt talk of where he says, I could not possibly be more proud of you. You know, when your mom left, I was scared that I was going to mess you up, but you naturally found the goodness in your heart. You naturally found how to add kindness to this world. And everyone tells me how good a job I did, but I didn't do any of it. That was all you. So the fact that I can be your father is one of the greatest honors that I could have in this life. Craig, did you memorize and the monologue? No, I didn't. Okay. But well, you committed it to memory, let me tell you. <laughs> but... I really like that monologue because I think what I look for in movies is not things that I relate to currently, but things that I aspire to be. And that moment, that moment of like pure pride in your fatherhood, like I welcome that idea profoundly and greatly. So hearing him talk to his kid with like, like I said, such honor, like that really struck a chord with me. And watching that scene, I was like, okay, this movie may have been worth it simply for this scene alone. Yeah, that scene and the scene prior in the car, doing the car ride home. Yeah. I'm like, where did this come from? This movie got, it's not, it's not, it didn't come out of nowhere. Cause it kind of matches the tone of the movie. It's just like, I now know we're in the third act. So the problem that I had with that car ride scene, um, and just to catch you up to speed, um, Kayla gets hit on by, a by an older kid. Like I think he's like, like a, a junior, uh, he's going to be a senior that coming year. 
So he's yeah. 17. And he's hitting on her in an incredibly creepy way. That scene did not have as much of an effect on me because it still had that layer of cringe on top of it. Like watching this dude make moves on her, like repulsed me in a, Hey dude, she's still in middle school. Cool. It kind of way. And also in a, is that the Riz you have? Because if it is, I understand why you can only try for middle schoolers kind of way. So yeah, dude, she's 13. You're 17. Like a part of me, oh, dude, this is getting freaking weird fast. A part of me was like, I know guys who are like that or were like that. I, I know that's real now looking back. Cause the thing is, is in high school, you know, it's weird. Now as an adult, you know how weird that is. It's like, oh, I should have done something. <laughs> yeah. Cause back then you're like, that's weird. I just won't hang out with that guy again. Like, I don't like that. And now as an adult, you'd be like, dude, if that ever happened, it'd be yeah. a big deal. So um, now seeing that, I'm like, again, this is me entertaining myself. I'm like, you're the movies making me think about stuff that happened in my life. Like I'm doing all the work. It's introducing new ideas in my head. But what's happening on screen uh, is I feel like it's just exploring something that they don't show in movies very often. Yeah. So I think that this is one of those movies that... I would never actively recommend this movie to someone. I don't. Never is a strong word. Someone would have a, to be like, dude, I just got done watching Boyhood. What else should I watch? Or I just got yeah. done watching a, mo- a movie that's 70% film, 30% movie. Is there any other movie that's like that? I'd be like, well, I have a movie for you. Yeah. So I would be hard-pressed to recommend this movie to someone, but I'm also not going to like stand in anybody's way. Like If somebody was like, hey, I want to watch 8th grade, I'd be like, have fun. You know, I'm not I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Um, And I understand that I am in the severe minority when talking about this movie. Um, This movie has like a seven and a half on IMDb. This movie has a four out of five on Letterboxd. Like the fan reviews for this movie are pretty good. Um, But like I said, I think it all stems from a source of relatability that I just didn't connect to. Um, yeah, I connected to it, but that wasn't enough for me. Like, this is not a bad movie. It's just, I don't want to say it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's in the middle. So it's getting a in the middle score. Yeah. Flat six. Uh, I'm stuck between flat six and 6.25. I gave boyhood a flat six. And now that we've talked about it more, I think it is, I mean, boyhood with some different actors <laughs> and different writing. And it's just shorter. So if I gave Boyhood a flat six, this is going to be 6.25 just because it was shorter. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a man movie, I guess. All right, moving on. We are going to do some micro scenes. I have a few prompts that we're going to do, and each scene's only going to be like a minute or two. And the idea is to kind of, you know, the idea is just to do a few scenes, and there's no yeah, grand dude. theme about it. Um, okay, the first one. Uh, financing a home and having absolutely no collateral. Um, you phrase that weird, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so let's have, I'll be the realtor. Okay. Or the, the, the banker or the, the loan officer is what they're called. I'll be the loan officer. Uh, yeah. So, um, I, when, when could I expect that loan? Um, well, let's go over the finer details. 
Right. So what's the price of the home you're looking at getting? Um, Nothing too crazy, like 400000 Okay, 400000 That's pretty typical in this market. I do want to let you know that we're going to have to put down... Um, I mean, it's probably going to be around a 7.75 interest rate. Do you have um, some money to maybe buy that loan down? Um, we could um, probably get you down to seven if you have some cash to cover closing costs. Yeah, I have like eight, nine hundred dollars. Okay, so um, that's interesting because when I was approving you for the loan, you had to send me your bank statements. Yeah. And I thought you had a little bit more money than that. Otherwise, you know, because there are closing costs. We can roll those into your loan, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'm just a little confused because um, if that's all, do you have other accounts that maybe you have access to more money? Oh, or? no, no, no. Um, I spent a bunch of money on this sick Camaro and um, I was kind of thinking that like. Oh, that's interesting. When did you when did you buy the Camaro? Four days ago. Okay, so I guess this is a learning experience for you. When you apply for a loan, we have to run your credit and any impacts on your credit affect whether or not you can get a loan. So you buying a car a couple of days before you want to buy a house um, might not have been the best idea. So, so it's really interesting because the car guy said the exact same thing, but the other way around. And I kind of figured it'd be easier to offer up a car for a house than it would be to offer up a house for a car. So like if you just well, let I me drive even, the- One more time, that sentence didn't make any sense. What does yeah. that mean? Offer up a so, house for a car for a car for so, a house. I understand. I'll walk you right through it. So I'm going to drive the car around for three, five years, something like that. Okay. okay then sure. I'm going to, then I'm going to offload the car and I'm a pretty good businessman. So, so when like, you say offload pro- the car, you mean sell it, right? Cur- Cause you're using so like I, criminal terminology. So I just kind of, you know, well, kind of want to understand what you're talking about. The car will be exchanged for cash. And okay. then, I'm a pretty good businessman, so I'm probably going to get more than I paid for for it. And then I'm going to take that money and use it to pay off more of the house. But you got to look at it as like a long-term investment. Like, you know, you're giving me a loan. Think of the car as the loan in and of itself. Okay, so here you go saying more things I don't quite understand. You do know that if you don't pay your mortgage, we don't take your house we take your car. We just take the house. Like you keep the car. But I'm telling you, I have like eight, nine hundred dollars left. But what I'm saying is, if you're not gonna, are you a veteran by by chance? Um, no. Okay, then you pretty much have to put at least three and a half percent down on this house. And that's so gonna be more than nine hundred dollars. Three and a half percent of four hundred thousand dollars. So I don't know what your living situation is right now, but you might just want to keep on doing that until you raise a little bit more capital. But it's been great talking to you. Okay, we're going to figure out a way to steal this house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Up next, we have the worst guy you know explains how he bagged a perfect 10. I think I got to be the guy. Uh, Yeah, you do. I I I wrote that scene with you in mind. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Dude, Jennifer's great. How did you guys meet? Uh, I know her dad. Oh, like, like, did you work for him or what's up? Uh, no, he's just some guy I worked with. Um, not my boss or anything, but like, he was just around. And, and she's uh, interested in you. I I think she sees the value in our relationship. If you okay, know I, mean. I don't. Please break it down. So, long story short. Right. Her dad said, hey, 
I'm falling behind on some of my bills. Can you help me out? And I said, hey, I know you got that sweet dime piece of a daughter. Okay. All you got to do is introduce me and I'll do the rest. You okay. Know? Um, I have one question off the rip. Did you call his daughter a dime piece to his face? Uh, dude, I'm not insensitive. I probably just called her like a broad or something like that. Okay. Dime piece to her dad. Dude, <laughs> completely inappropriate. You're right. My bad. Carry on. So I said, hey, this broad, I know you got her around. She doesn't do anything. I don't really, I don't really care if she has a boyfriend or not. Just introduce me. And then, you know, I'll talk to your bookie and make sure that you don't have to worry about your debt anymore. And he's like, deal. Um, you guys are the same age anyway. So have you seen the show you? Yeah, I have. So it's actually a lot like that where basically. So that's not a good thing. You know that, right? Dude, you is a love story. I think we, that's why everybody watches it. It's a love story. Also think of how happy the women are before they find out. So does Jennifer know that it's an arranged relationship through her father? No, her dad did not arrange it. He just introduced us. I went through the footwork of finding everything out about her. And then I morphed my lifestyle to fit her perfect guy. No one goes to this much work to find just some random girl at a bar or on Tinder or whatever. I've put in hours of research. That's how much I care about her. Okay. And like, what's the long-term goal here? Like, is it, is it marriage? Is it a family? Like, what what's the deal? Well, I haven't really met her mom yet, so I don't know what she's going to look like in the future. All, I mean, best case scenario, mom's a MILF. Then I know she's going to be fine. And then maybe I'll lock it down. If she's freaking all busted, you know, have my fun. <laughs> and I get out of Dodge. Okay. And then it's win, 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 dude. Uh, okay. She so won't have a is- guy who's not super inter- interested in her. Uh, Her dad, still debt-free, already took care of it. And then I, you know, got to learn a little something about myself. Okay, so this has been great. Um, Where did Jennifer go? I need to have a conversation with her. Hey, put in a good word for me. It'd make this whole thing a lot easier. She's asking so many questions. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think this last one that we're going to do. Yeah. This one might require a little bit of mental gymnastics, but I have faith in us. Sure. Um, a generic sequel movie that none of the original cast returned for. Oh, freaking yikes, dude. <laughs> this is like Home Alone 3 yeah. or the new Spy Kids that came out. Correct. All freaking right. yikes. Okay. Whoa, Timmy, you got so much taller over over summer break. Yeah, man. Um, uh, <laughs> It's actually pretty crazy What uh what happens when you just go through like a strict regimen, work out all the time, and take your supplements. Yeah, it's a bummer that Janine broke up with you and transferred schools. Yeah, man, you know what happens. My mom just says, hey, it's a part of life, you know? She was probably just on a period, so I'm not even worried about it. Oh, okay. Well, we have to get ready for the homecoming dance, and considering how you and Janine aren't an option anymore, you know, I think that we have to find we have to find some new dates for ourselves. Right, so, uh... Do you know who you should invite? Your old friend, Rachel. You talk to her like every day. I'm sure you can get past the friend zone. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing. I met Rachel online and it turns out she's a 40-year-old man. Oh, well, who could you possibly take then? Well, I met this new girl, Daphne. And, um, well, I also met her online, but she sent me photos, so I know that she's real. Well, you've never met her in person. 
and she's never once been seen, so she could look like anything, you should definitely reach out. Oh, absolutely. There's no way I fall for the same trick twice. Also, if we don't have to ever see the person we've already seen before, and you can, this person could be anything, and we could, if, I don't know, this were a movie, and it was cast, we could pay this person anything. It could be a nobody, because we've never seen them before on screen. So that's just... <laughs> That's just my idea. I'm trying to be a filmmaker. Um, so this girl, what do you what do you think she's like? She hot? Well, we talk a lot about my interests, so it tends to be a lot of talking about card monsters and um, anime. But you know, whenever she does talk, it's usually just kind of parroting my same opinions back at me. Wow, she sounds really popular. Um. Do you think that maybe she could join our friend group? We've we've been down a person every time we play a board game. We really need another person to round out our 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 frequent Friday games. Yeah, okay. I'll see if she lives close by and if she can drive over. But until then, we need to figure out what we're going to do for the school year. I mean, are you still going to be captain of the baseball team? No, I think I gave it up over the summer. I want to try something new, like theater. <laughs> The theater, but you're a jock. But my dad had a long sit-down talk that I'm sure we'll flash back to in another episode, where he told me I could be anything I wanted, and mostly because my voice changed so much over the summer due to puberty, I should be able to finally hit those notes I've been wanting to secure the roles for uh, all my life. All right, Timmy. Well, let's start our first day of school. Surely nothing is going to go wrong. Hey, you that kids. Give me your lunch money. <laughs> hey, how come you have the same voice as me? Puberty, man. <laughs> Happens to all of us. <laughs> um, That movie sounds <laughs> awesome. That movie sounds great. <laughs> that movie sounds awful. <laughs> Yikes, dude. I don't know. See, that movie sounds so bad, I might watch it. But if it is really like an episodic one hour a week for the next 10 weeks, it uh, I'd probably get 15 minutes in and be like, I can't commit. Do you know what I would do? I'd recommend you watch it and then you'd let me know. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier in the year, but there was a Power Rangers reunion special that yep. came out, but mm -hmm. only two of them came back for it. I did not know that. So, Dude, it the, can't be a reunion with only two people. So the whole special was just them explaining why other p characters weren't in the special. Oh <laughs> Which was gosh, kind dude. of the inspiration for that. <laughs> Oh, disaster. Man. Yeah, awful. All right, well, those were micro scenes. Um, up next, we're going to do a middle segment that's kind of um, a variation on the newlywed games that we do. Sure. Um, and this is one of those things that I encourage you, Alex, to um, offer subjects as well. But um, we are going to do... I think there's a name for it. I just can't remember what it is. But I'm going to give us a topic... And then we're going to give our answer to that topic at the same time and see yeah. if we match any. Sure. I can do that. All right. Um, and I'll give us time. Like, we can have time to think, and I'll just cut the dead air, so don't worry about that. Um, yeah. So first up, we're going to say worst action franchise. 
franchise. I know the one that comes to my head, but I like it. <laughs> we um, don't have to match. I'm just curious to see if we ever will match. So this is what we honestly think or what I think you'll say. No, this is what we honestly think. And seeing if we um, coincide is mostly um, just a fun little additive. Worst action franchise. Do you have something right now? I kind of don't. I thought I did, but I also haven't watched enough of them to be like, it's all hearsay practically. Um, you know what? It's all hearsay. I haven't watched any, but I'm going to lock it in anyway. All right. I lock mine in. All right. Three, two, one. The Expendables. Transformers. Oh, Expendables is such a better answer. <laughs> that is su- if I would have thought about it, that would have been my answer. Yeah. Um, I have a buddy at work that watched um, the three Expendable movies in time for the fourth Expendable movie to come out, and I follow him on Letterboxd, and I don't think he gave any of them higher than a two out of five. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's 100% I, fair. Um, this is one I encourage you to look through your phone to find an answer to. Um, okay. uh, worst emoji. Are we just doing yellow emojis or of anything? I would, I'm not going to say strictly yellow emojis, but like, if you're like a second horse emoji, like, come on. Yeah. Um, first, well, I got a freaking category that I hate. I don't know if they're the worst, but I don't like them. Oh, I have my answer. Okay. Do you have yours? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Water Cat gun. Cat faces. I know what you mean by the water gun. It should have been, we should have, remember when we had the real gun? Yeah, like I understand that it needed to be changed to the water gun for like sensitivity purposes. There's still a whole bomb in there. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> it shouldn't have been done. I don't like. Okay, so after all the yellow faces, you have like the clown, the alien, like the classic ones, and then before the hand signs. Obviously, we're talking Apple people. What are you talking? Yeah, about? there's a bunch of cat faces, and I hate them all. So I'm gonna yeah. send them to you. No, I uh, I have them too. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. I just want. Never <laughs> you want to send me your hatred? Yeah. yeah. I hate these, dude. And they all make me frustrated. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. All right. This is one that is definitely a Craig category, but I'm interested to see what you say. Um, worst Muppet. Let me have freaking Google Muppet. <laughs> I know like two Muppets. Mine is controversial. Oh. Mine's not going to be controversial. I don't know what their freaking names are. Muppets characters. Um, I mean, I don't freaking like that. All right, I got it. All right, three, two, one. Miss, Miss Piggy. Piggy. Yes. Yes. Listen, Dude, that- here's Miss uh, Muppets fans freaking ride or die for Miss Piggy, and like, Why? I, I respect. Listen, she's an icon. All right, she's a pop star. She's she's. Ultimate independent vibes. I get it. However, I do not see one reason why Kermit keeps crawling back to her ass. Like, he can do so much better. Oh my god, what a diva. Which, like, that's the point. The point of Miss Piggy is that she's a diva. But sometimes characters that are intentionally obnoxious in the long term. She has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. So not not a fan, IMO. Um, yeah, I got one for you. Okay, what's up? Most forgettable US state. Okay, I have one. I have one. Um, I got mine. Okay, 3 2 1 New Delaware. Hampshire. Okay. 
We went same vibes. I think the obvious it was answer definitely is north. It was definitely going to be New England area. Yeah. The obvious answer is Wyoming. However, when it's not the most forgettable state because everybody thinks about it when you say most forgettable state. So, also, Yellowstone's bringing it back. And so, the, the only reason I chose New Hampshire over Delaware is because Joe Biden's from Delaware. Oh. I was also thinking Rhode Island, but I'm like, but it has... Everybody knows it as a small state. Yeah. New Hampshire's a good one. Um, I know that's like kind of Bernie area. He's over there, Vermont, New Hampshire. So, I mean, if you're ever going to combine two states, New Hampshire and Vermont, why are they different, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you they're the same thing. <laughs> you could sneeze and smudge their freaking borderlines. Dude, that's how I feel about Oklahoma and Arkansas. I'm like, that's unnecessary. <laughs> Kansas, Nebraska, hate to break it to you. The Dakotas, you're all there too. I think um, that one of our one hits, not this week, but uh, a soon one hit, should be us taking the U.S. map and turning 50 states into 30 states. Also, Montana can just be South Alaska. <laughs> I it's, don't think so, but okay. It's so barren, completely unnecessary. Also, I don't like how Colorado and Wyoming are so similar in appearance, but so different in personality. Like, Wyoming's the the North Texans and Colorado's the weed smokers and the pot smokers. Colorado belongs over by, I know we're going to, you said you're going to make this a bit, but I got to do a little bit right now. Colorado belongs by like Washington and Oregon and Wyoming needs to go down by like Oklahoma. Also bananas that New Mexico and Arizona are different places. We should just have a state called the desert. (laughs) Like don't worry about this section. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I have one more that I want us to do real quick. I have more, yeah. but you know, the, 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 this last one is the one I have hyped up. Um, sure. what is the worst thing that you realize you spent too much money on? Um, I can, I only got one thing coming to my mind right now. I, 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 I imagine it will suffice. Okay. I got it. Three, two, one headphones. Jewelry. Jewelry's not a bad answer. Because Jew- headphones do something. Yes. Jewelry's only purpose is to be expensive. It's just a flex. You can be like, well, it looks cool. I'm like, but you don't wear it very often. So yeah. It's not like watches because watches, they're very expensive. They are a flex, but you wear them all the time because they have they do something. Jewelry is just decoration. So here's what I'm going to say in defense of mine is like normally when you're buying jewelry, you're usually doing that in person. Um, Headphones, I have almost exclusively bought headphones online for the last like five or six years. And let me tell you, I should stop doing that. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. You should definitely. Dude, every time anyone goes to Best Buy, head right over to the headphone section and or Target, Walmart back in the day when people were gross and then throw those bad boys on. Hit play. Best Buy just gave you free music, and that's how you tested them out, dude. So, like, I only buy headphones that I would be able to test at Best Buy if I wanted to. Yeah, I don't. They're expensive, but it's 100% worth it. I'm just like, what headphones can I get for 60 bucks? And then they're like, not good ones. And I'm like, okay, what can I get for 100 bucks? And they're like, "Mm, this one's where you enter the gamble market. Yeah, I... I mean, this is so dumb to say on air. It feels like a flex, but I promise you it's not. Anything under $200, I'm suspicious of. It's like when you get like a really good deal on a car. I'm like, is this thing stolen? (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
this should be expensive. I don't trust things that are that are supposed to work or be like noise canceling, whatever, if they're inexpensive. I want things to be a little expensive. So that's, a, so that's how I know I can trust it. But Do you have any more um, or do you want us to move on to the one hit? Um, Let's move on to the one hit. But people, hit us up. And by hit us, I mean uh, send it to Craig, your ideas, and we can do this again. But I want to hear what you guys have to have to say. I want your ideas. Okay, this last segment is our one-hit wonder. It's never coming back, and gang, I don't know how I could bring this back if I wanted to. Um, (laughs) This is a segment called, Can This Animal Appreciate Fine Art? It's it's what it says on the tin. I'm going to say an animal, and we're going to talk about if we think that if we were to drop it into the Louvre, it would look at the art and be like, that's pretty. Okay. (laughs) I I feel like... A lot of these answers are going to be the same. So we got to look at this from like an abstract view, right? Like, obviously, I'm not expecting a raccoon to be like, okay, here's my thesis on the Mona Lisa. But like, do we feel like they give off like fine art energy? Okay, well, I, I feel like gazelles do. Okay. Big fine art energy. Um, I don't think they would pay the attention, <laughs> but they give off the energy. So, since I brought up a raccoon, this is so stupid. I feel like a raccoon normally wouldn't. If you give a raccoon a beret, I think it might have a better chance. I mean, if I was going <laughs> to trust any animal with, like, finger paints, raccoons are top five. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What they about, got, like, a goose? I think they got opposable thumbs. Like, did you say goose? Yeah, a goose. No, bro. <laughs> no way. No way, dude. Geese not only just poop willy-nilly, I've used that phrase in a decade, in a decade. Not only do geese like poop willy-nilly, they are so aggro about their territory. I feel like their vibes are way off for appreciating fine art. Um, what about- but what, I mean, of the yeah. birds, I feel like swans and peacocks. Swans, sure. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what about like a domestic dog? I think it depends on the breed. Poodles, okay. big fine art energy, like okay, pretentious. He, he, okay, here's the thing. The roof. Yeah, I think a poodle would pretend to be into fine art. Oh yeah, I for think. Sure. But I think if you get like a chocolate lab in there, it's excited to see all the pretty colors. I feel like a chocolate lab would be like, oh my gosh, I studied this in art school. I can't believe this. Like you yeah. never know. It'd be like that person who never got to use their degree. Exactly. Like, oh my gosh, yes. I finally get to do this. <laughs> sure, bro. Now on Monday, going to go back to being an elementary school teacher, but fine, you know, have your moment right now. And then a pug just gets as close to the painting as possible. They are breathing on it. And then uh, Rottweilers just walk around looking for nude statues. He's like, where, <laughs> where are the boobs at? <laughs> that guy has a small penis. <laughs> Um, I think um, ladybugs, super into art. Yep. Those Asian beetles that look like ladybugs will destroy art. They are yeah. like the stop oil protesters that are doing everything in their power to just mess with modern civilization. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think about like big predators? Ooh. Um, I feel like you know what? jaguars could be into it. He, and here's a and wild panthers. card. Here's a yeah. wild card. I think a vulture would appreciate a good statue. Yeah. I don't know about vultures. I think definitely, I feel like maybe ravens also oh, give for off sure. the energy. Yeah, but not crows. Crows are definitely little not thieves. crows, dude. 
Crows would go there and just heckle. Be like, I could do yeah. this at my house. This is just, my kid could do this. Why is this so expensive? This doesn't make any sense. Why did we pay $40 to be here? Yeah. Why is it behind glass? No one would want to touch that. Who are they protecting uh, it from? Just heckling the whole time. Um, I think panda bears are just happy to be there. And I think pandas are there uh, for concessions and refreshments. Yeah. And they don't um, listen to the areas where you're not supposed to take food. <laughs> um, but a koala, hmm, I think a koala wouldn't be bothered to go. Like, yeah, I feel like th- a koala would walk in and be like, "Hi, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's not that they don't appreciate it; it's just that they couldn't be bothered enough to go. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, see a whole lot of reptiles getting into this thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like uh, like a dragon, maybe. I'm thinking like like a chameleon. I feel like a chameleon has like appreciation for the color spectrum, right? Definitely the abstract for sure. Yeah, but like Like, crocodiles, alligators, (laughs) snakes, none of them, dude, are interested. None of them. Um, Turtles. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like, it's going to take me 30 minutes to cross this lobby. I better appreciate everything along the way. <laughs> yeah. Turtles, I feel like can get into it. And the bigger they are, the more they're into it. Um, And I'm going to say to wrap this up, um, rabbits try to create NFTs of all the art. Yeah. Uh, definitely scam artists. Just like yeah. outside being like, do you want a signed copy of this replica? And be like, signed replica? That doesn't make so- any sense. Signed by or they're who? selling it for like thirty bucks, or they're taking pic. They have costumes on, and you have to. T- they're taking pictures of you with them, and then they're charging you money after. It's they're hustlers, bro. Yeah, for you sure. Gotta ignore them. Well, I think that was a very productive conversation. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, that had a- almost more so than our middle segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that had more legs than I anticipated. <laughs> um, for free balling. Um, so I have talked about Uncharted one and two. And if you recall, my reviews for them were lukewarm at best. Yes. Um, I finished Uncharted 3. And my opinion of it is lukewarm at best. Um, But I finally was able to put words as to why. So Uncharted 3 is pretty much the exact same game as Uncharted 2. So I don't really have much to say in terms of like variation. Um, But... The reason why I think I'm not liking these games very much is because they are the gameplay is designed in a way where the it feels like the only purpose is to take you from cinematic moment to cinematic moment. So mm-hmm. at no point do I feel like I'm in control of anything. It is all me moving Nathan Drake to the next big cutscene. Now, I want to say this game is gorgeous. It has beautiful set pieces, absolutely gorgeous environments. I want I want to throw respect where respect is due. But there are scenes where I'm like running through a town and I, we're like I'm running through a town and I'm chasing this guy and I'm like chasing this guy means nothing because it's going to end when the game says it needs to end dude like, I, that makes me so mad and like you'll stop running and the guy you're chasing will stop running you'll start chasing him again I'm like so we're just doing this to get to a destination huh and, and I'm never gonna catch this guy it's obnoxious 
And these games are filled with moments like that. So like um, if I'm climbing something and my handhold falls away, I'm not worried because that's just a thing they added to make the game feel more cinematic. But, and, but also you can feel good be like, there's nothing I could. It's not because I did anything wrong. The game forced me to do that. I can do everything right. And my character is still going to do the wrong thing because that's just how the game works. And so like, there's a scene where you're on a yacht, a huge, like billion dollar party yacht. And it's, and it's sinking. So you are climbing through the inside of this yacht, like, that's horizontal or or rather it is vertical. So you are using doors to climb up like stuff like that. And I just remember this one specific moment where I was using a door to climb and the door opens and I swing to the side and I'm like, okay, so now I just have to climb up the door differently. So like it, like what purpose did that serve? Cause I wasn't caught off guard by it. My heart didn't skip a beat. I'm not like, Oh my God, what if I fall? Cause I know all I'm doing is going to the next set piece. So I am willing to um, attribute a lot of my animosity towards these games to the fact that Uncharted 3 came out 12 years ago. Oh, geez. So I have played better versions of this game since then. The Tomb Raider reboot, I enjoyed those games infinitely better than I have enjoyed any Uncharted game. Isn't um, it just like the same thing, different protagonists? To a degree, um, Tomb Raider is okay. What a great, what a great question. Because this brings me to another point where Tomb Raider is linear, but you can explore the entire map at any given point. You can double back and do optional tombs. You can double back and do side quests. Like there's a genuine sense of exploration. Uncharted is a linear level-based game. So even though it touts this theme of exploration, it doesn't feel like it because okay. all the levels are designed to get to the end of the level. Um, oh, that's so, nice. Yeah. So un it's one of those games that like the characters are very fun and interesting. I love all the characters in the game genuinely. If I did not like the characters, I would not still be playing these games. Yeah. Um, but like the combat is okay. The parkour is good, but like feels uninspired after a while. So, um, I, that's my uncharted rant. Um, play Tomb Raider instead. Alex, nice. what are we watching next week? We're watching Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. A24 put out, obviously. I don't want to spoil it. It's a thriller for sure. And I'm, I'm very excited. I'm excited. I, you know, considering how the last two movies have gone, I'm cool with a movie that'll put me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, dude, I want, I'm, a, I'm down for some adrenaline now. Yeah, absolutely. We took a little bit of break from October. Now we can get into it. But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.